Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 70, we start talking about Christopher Nolan's filmography in anticipation of his newest film, Tenet. For part one, we talk about Following, Memento, Insomnia, Batman Begins, and The Prestige. We're back, Swampies, and we hope you enjoy this newest episode of The Cinema Swamp. We're back! We're back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <At> random times. <laughs> you should say it like after Disney. five minutes into the podcast. You gotta wait till like ten minutes into the episode. <laughs> we are back. Back. The swamp is back. Um, back, well, back at quarantine uh, restrictions because we were gonna get together, but then this isn't ending. <laughs> so we're just we're still separated um but i think the audio for this episode will be a little better because i learned how to do it correctly and uh we recorded episode 70 already but we didn't record it correctly or the file got screwed up or whatever happened I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah we How recorded i forgot about that we recorded a whole episode on movies that maybe almost existed or movies that could have been made or movies that had different directors or planned mm-hmm. movies and we did like two hours of this and the file got scrubbed or whatever happened with it it didn't save properly and I couldn't save it um, but uh, you'll never hear that episode again because I have no wish to return to that topic <laughs> well, is, it, is there two or is it is that Two or three lost episodes we got now. Uh, we have two. Venom was okay. the other one. I don't think we've lost. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember. I think two. Probably two. It feels like there's been more because we just haven't done this in the longest time. Because we were, we were gonna wait until we could all get together again. But September was coming upon us, and I was like, screw this. Come we should on. just um, do podcasts, but outside. Do it outside. Social distancing mm-hmm. podcast and yeah. sit six feet away from each other outdoors. That'd be great sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> 50 mile an hour winds. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this picture was very good. I said, I thought this feature film was very good. One I highly acclaimed. They are going to open up the movie theaters again, so if you guys want to go see New Mutants sitting six feet away from each other... I mean... <laughs> I still blame that movie for the pandemic, but... Can you believe yeah. that that's, that's going to technically open up the summer season, New Mutants, <laughs> on August 20th? Is it? Yeah, because Tenet is on hiatus indefinitely, right? Um, I think that one's actually coming out early September. They are still gun ho about doing it, and now that the theaters are actually giving in to open, I think they're gonna do it in September. I think other theaters have been open though, right? Like, Some have like, been open. Playing the hits, but the bigger like theaters open. couldn't open because enough states had too many restrictions where it wasn't like monetarily it didn't monetarily make sense because there's like no movies and there's also not enough like spaces to even open and they couldn't sell as many tickets now i guess it's 
getting monetarily safe enough to do it but like the opening movies for tomorrow are empire strikes back jurassic park um inception the 10th anniversary uh so it's a good slate but then they also have bloodshot which came out in march (laughs) but or april but everybody missed it so now they're re-releasing it they have sonic the hedgehog what's that other one they the only other ones are new or like the the russell crowe movie which i think it's called unhinged yeah unhinged yeah so they have a couple movies that are new like i think there's two new movies but everything else is old and i looked at the empire strikes back and they have all the seating separated but they're all sold out i mean it's getting almost sold out so people are people are gonna go um, but West Theater has been open for a couple weeks. A lot mm-hmm. of independent ones have been. So if the theaters is are open, open, Cinema Swamp's open. Is Cinema open? No. 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 Um, and I don't know if they will for a while. I think a lot of the indie theaters, I don't think... Like, the ones that show, like, the art house movies, I don't mm-hmm. think they'll open for a while because a lot of those releases pretty much got bought out by streaming services so there's like nothing really to show there too yeah unless you have like really good connections and you can just hit up the director and be like can i show your movie here but you gotta like find a movie that people will come for too Mm. um hey guys uh what's the topic for this episode nolan baby who is this Nolan baby? Nolan babies. <laughs> the Nolan baby. It's like Muppet Babies, <laughs> but just for Nolan babies. <laughs> that would actually be an interesting... <laughs> <laughs> like The one, Nolan babies. There's like one baby that they all have uh, qualities of one of his movies. Like there's an Inception <laughs> baby and there's a Batman baby. <laughs> Little baby, baby with baby. tattoos who forgets every like five minutes. <laughs> we wanted to do Christopher Nolan for a while, um, because yeah. we did Tarantino, and Nolan's about as popular and also has as small of a filmography where it wouldn't take three decades, kind of like yeah, like Tim yeah. Burton or Steven Spielberg. Spielberg just yeah. take way too long. And I kind of feel bad that we're doing this over the internet instead of actually in person yeah well i would prefer to watch the movies together too or some of them and we tried (laughs) yeah Um, which you know i actually figured out how to do it after the fact i was trying to set up a live stream where i could show the movie where we could all be watching it together and my computer was like screwing up on me and it wouldn't play it on facebook but like a couple days after I was able to finally get to work so if in the future you want to stream on Facebook movies I know how to do it now uh, I might do it as like a joke even like on a week to, like on a weekend for just everybody on Facebook just stream some popular movie and I'll be in the corner commenting on it <laughs> yeah well, here's when the shark comes I do it for like creep Oh, wait for the ending. Just say that all of Creepy, like, oh, wait for the ending, guys. 
I'll wait for that. Yeah. Do that for like murder party on like oh Halloween or something. Oh yeah. God. Where we yeah, all same we're murder all party. Like, we're all at like cr- yeah. and we're all just commentating on it for everyone. It could be like the old man from Princess Bride who has to remind the audience, you know, they don't die in the end. Michael Myers <laughs> does not kill her, but also he escapes. It's only like ten minutes into the movie. But also, is he her brother? <laughs> Wait, that's only in the second one. But but not really. Actually, that's in only the original continuity. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to start out by just going through all of his movies and discussing yeah. our first, uh, you know, running into the film or what. Mm-hmm. But if we want to just go in order, I think everyone's first time watching following was for this episode it was mm-hmm. okay last week the one we tried to stream on facebook <laughs> yeah <laughs> unsuccessfully uh following uh 1998 and his first movie that runs a little bit over an hour and um yeah what you uh, as far as nolan films what do you think of this one I could go first. I really liked it a lot, personally. Um, like, I figured it would be kind of in the vein of Memento, where, like, right away I could tell it was jumping back and forth in timeline, you know? And then, like, basically, kind of like, like Reservoir Dogs. Like, I had to, like, put myself in that way of watching it for it, obviously, to make sense. Like, the way that he introduced the characters was super weird. Like, after... Like, we'll talk about it more when we get to, like, Memento, but... I don't know, the way that he introduces characters in his early movies is weird. It's really weird to, like, get used to the characters and the way that he presents them, you know? He never introduces a character with, like, a hero shot or... I don't know how to explain it. It's just, like, every person enters in a bland kind of way. Um, and then the following is, like, the most rough version of that but i don't know i liked it i like the the whodunit aspect to it and it wasn't predictable which is kind of nolan's thing true um uh, definitely worth revisiting in the future yeah i uh i didn't like it <laughs> um i don't know if it's because of just because it was, like, his first movie and the rough, like, introductions of people, but I I didn't care about anyone in this movie, and, like, the way they spoke and the way they interacted with each other, I just wasn't believable to me. It just seemed really bland, yeah. and, like, they were totally reading off the page. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just couldn't... I couldn't get behind it, and I, it, I got bored really fast. I don't know how you felt... I didn't like it either. <laughs> I thought so. I already don't like black and white movies because it makes it <laughs> difficult to distinguish a lot of the characters, especially if the two main characters are two white males. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that for me was really tough. Like the first half an hour, I just spent trying to keep it straight who was who, and like especially later on in the movie when the the main guy gets his hair cut, then I was like, dude, I can't figure anything out anymore. Um, I thought the twist at, like, how you didn't really know who it was was kind of interesting, 
But that's honestly the only part of the movie. Like, that reveal was the only part of the movie that was interesting to me. Yeah, I, you know, I've watched a lot of those old public domain movies that already have really bad video quality. And then when they're black and white and they both have two male white leads who look exactly the same, I agree. Like, that makes it really hard (laughs) to distinguish. I didn't have that problem with following as much, but you saying that i got like ptsd from watching (laughs) like if you watch those videos i've done them like those movies that's like my complaint 50 percent of the time in all those videos is that these guys look the same um you know when i was uh did a screenwriting class they actually had us do a thing where we sat in the hallway and we had to like watch people from a distance and like write about them and that's kind of what he does in this movie because he is a writer and he like is trying to follow people and he says it's to get inspiration for his work so um it didn't end up being too far-fetched for me because at first when i read the plot i was like i don't know about this but watching it in the context i was like oh i've literally done this so never (laughs) i guess that's probably where christopher (laughs) nolan got the idea he probably had a class and they had to do that and made a movie from it but I really enjoyed the second guy, the the crook that he was following. That guy was, I don't know, he was enjoyable to me. He, because these aren't well-known actors, but I actually really liked him, and I thought they did decent jobs in their portrayals, even though I don't think they've shown up in anything else or even other Nolan movies, even as, like, cameos. I haven't ever noticed them ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's it rank for you guys? Um, oh, on the Nolan scale? Yeah. Um, for Nolan's... Uh, for my list on Nolan's first movies, it's number one on the list of one movie. And it's <laughs> the only one. No. Um, I have it at... He's made ten movies. Ten, it's not out yet. But he's at ten. So mine's number eight. Mine is, it's a tie, so, like, my bottom two are, like, 9 and 10. I just, I don't like anything about either of them, really. So, yeah, number 9. Nine and a half. Yeah. I got following at number 10, at two stars. Yikes. Yeah, two stars for me. Two <laughs> stars. I'm at number 7 with, like, four stars. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, the story of it was really good. Like it really, it was like Reservoir Dogs level good. Like it could have definitely had better acting and color, <laughs> um, but for the story, I was super into it. So four stars for me. I just feel like like this like the concept is good. I just feel like it needed a few more rewrites or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. I, just as a warning to everybody too my every movie on my list is at least seven out of ten like or three and a half <laughs> out of five stars or above so there's not really a bad movie that christopher nolan yeah made. um and you compare it to reservoir dogs this movie uh where reservoir dogs was made for like i think a million dollars this was made for six thousand dollars and it, yeah yeah and i got only, 
they only shot 15 minutes on Saturdays. Every Saturday they would shoot about 15 minutes, more or less, because they all had jobs and they couldn't really, they didn't really have the time to make it. <laughs> but they also, like, rehearsed the scenes like crazy so they wouldn't waste film stock so they could get them, get it all down in one take. So yeah. for all of that, I I think it turned out really good. And it's a shorter movie, which I I appreciate movies that are hours, like that's an hour and 10 minutes. I appreciate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you have any other words on the following? On following? Not the following. I think the following's a TV show. Yeah, I researched it to see if the TV show had anything to do with this, and it absolutely doesn't. No, okay. So, so the Kevin uh, Bacon show? Yeah, he's like being hunted by a cult, and so he's got to hunt yeah. them down first or something like that. Mm. Yeah, similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Well, we could talk about Memento now, which is, I think a lot of people consider his actual first movie, which I think is a bit of an insult. Yeah. But they, <laughs> I I like following, but most people consider Memento his like first emergence into cinema. Yeah. And I haven't watched it um, in a long time, so <laughs> if we can. Oh really? Yeah, so it's been a while for me. But um, what did you all think of that Memento? Let's get the fresh takes. You guys saw it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I. I liked it. Um, I just don't like having to watch movies. Like I, I like it, and I like rewatching movies, but not knowing that this is a movie that I'd have to rewatch and watch again was kind of annoying because I wasn't expecting not being able to keep up. Like I had yeah. a big mindset to watch it, um, but it is a movie that I probably would watch again and like actually enjoy it the second time around. Yeah. I this was one this was one of the first probably the first Christopher Nolan movie I heard of and I always thought it sounded super interesting so I was really excited to watch it. I don't like it. At all? Not really. I just <laughs> I'm not a fan of his early time jump stuff. I think it's unnecessary. I don't like I can see why he used it in this one, but I I don't know. It just seems gimmicky to me, and I just wasn't digging it. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'll like it, but I don't know. It ha- it was hard staying focused on it the whole runtime. Yeah. It kind of threw a lot at you. Yeah. There's a couple low parts in it, I think. I saw it when, it, when Inception came out, and I would heard a lot about it, and... I don't know, I kind of felt the same way where I wasn't too into it and I had issues with it and I had to do some recaps on the movie before doing this episode because it was the one of all these movies I didn't really get a chance to get back to and even just hearing the recaps, I'm like, God, this is such a like it's one of those movies that people like to say is confusing, but people also like to say, oh, Inception's confusing, Interstellar's confusing, and those have never been a hard watch for me, but even listening about Memento, I was like, Jesus, this is kind of a confusing movie. Um, the guy who mm-hmm. did the cinematography on the movie, uh, he took the job, and it was Wally Pfister, who ended up doing a lot of Christopher Nolan movies, uh, 
he was a cinema cinematographer on a lot of them and he took the job after a different guy turned down the job because he read the script and he thought it was too he didn't get the movie he was like this is so confusing i don't want to do this movie and now that guy later has regretted it but he talked to wally fister about the movie and he said to him oh i took the job but i also didn't understand the screenplay it made no sense to me <laughs> so it's like even nobody understood this apparently and yeah. I, only I had, guy pierce yeah i was the I, only I'd one who got it because <laughs> you i because i didn't realize that even the ending is supposed to be a bit ambiguous there are like you can make your own theories about everything um, Wait, the ending or the beginning? Well, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I I do love that. I do love that they are able to pull off the whole split timeline thing and how it kind of meets in the middle, because it feels like it'd be difficult. It feels like it could be gimmicky, but I like that mm. it actually manages to pull it off and it kind of makes sense and it doesn't spoil things. Because you think that would inevitably spoil things to have the movie meet at the middle. <laughs> But they make it, it kind of works out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, watched this um, 2017, probably. Um, and uh, I did, like just picked it up on DVD at a video store and watched it on a like laptop on a drive. And even in the car, I was like, Super confused at first, but once I caught the hang of what was going on, I got really into it. Um, and then I gave it a year before I watched it again. Um, and I think I've seen it three times now. And um, it it grows on me more and more to the point to where, like, the last time I watched it, I put it in thinking I was going to be super confused again. But, like... Somehow when it started off, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Like, I'm into this. And, like, uh, I don't know, got sucked in. I, I Maybe the next time I watch it, it won't, won't be. But I feel like every time I watch it, I get more and more into it. Because mm -hmm. I forget about little things here and there. Like, I forget about the whole stuff that goes on with uh, Trinity from The Matrix. And, uh, like, uh... I don't know. I like it. I definitely gotta rewatch it, but it seem, seems that everyone still says it's one of Christopher Nolan's like best movies and very ahead of its time. That movie's twenty years old now. Um, yeah, they should have mm -hmm. done a back-to-back -back double feature of that and Inception, twentieth slash tenth anniversary. Because those movies timelines, both of them, very jumbled. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, what were you going to say? I don't even know. I, I forgot. <laughs> it's been too long. I was going to say, this is number three for me. Eight. Yeah, oof. Uh, this is number <laughs> eight for me. Uh, three stars. This is number eight for me with two stars. I mean, it's number nine for me. Um, it's it's lower than following. I'm sure the film community will come <laughs> after me with pitchforks and torches. 
I have amnesia, okay? I don't remember the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you have long-term memory loss? Yeah. <laughs> long-term. After ten years, my memory resets. And then what if this is the thing you the 51st days? God, oh man. Just... That should be a movie. 51st dates, except you're married, and then, like, one day they don't remember. Oh, they already made that Stavow. Never mind. They made that. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's almost Eternal Sunshine as Spotless Mind. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, like, both of them. And both of them didn't realize they yeah. were together. <laughs> um, we could talk about Insomnia, which, if you don't realize... He has made so many movies that start with I-N. Insomnia, Inception, Interstellar, and and uh, what's the similarity here? Nothing. There's... In the Dark Knight, uh, <laughs> in the Prestige, in Batman Begins. In Kirk. In Kirk. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's presents the In Trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish the Tenet had just been called In It. Insomnia. <clears throat> um, I was. Oh, do you want to go? Nope. Or you, you go. go. Oh, I was pleasantly it's surprised. because I I can't see your face. That's like oh. between you and <laughs> Chloe's face for me. Yeah, I know. So I, I can never tell when one of you guys are talking. <laughs> um, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I thought this was just going to be another one that I didn't care for, um, but um, I actually kind of liked it for just some procedural kind of detective movie, I guess. Um, Al Pacino versus Robin Williams is a weird <laughs> weird pairing, but it kind of yeah. worked. Um, but yeah, it, it kept me glued to the TV. I liked it. Uh, I loved it. It was, I don't know, it's, it was kind of true crimey, which is one of my favorite things of all time. So the mystery pulled me in right away. And I was kind of surprised because it came right after Memento, so I wasn't really expecting to like it because I didn't like his first two movies. And I was worried that this one would be a lot like his first two movies. Um... But I don't think it was. I really liked it. And I liked seeing Robin Williams in a more, like, a murderer. That was super cool for me. Yeah. Yeah, I I might have watched this the same day I watched Memento for the first time. So I got them both the same day. Um, but, yeah, I like the true crimey part of it. Like, I like movies. I like movies that take place in, like, Alaska. They're, like, crimey. Like, when we watched... Uh, like Twilight. Uh, what was that Into the Dark movie or that Dark something? The weird one that no one liked. Oh, yeah. Um, Into the Dark. Yeah. No the one. Green Room guy. Hold the Dark. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hold the Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold the Dark. Um, that or like Wind River. I really liked Wind River. Um, I like stuff like that. Murder Mysteries in like Alaska or somewhere cold. Um,. Yeah, Al Pacino and Rob Williams are a weird pairing, but uh, I I liked it. I, I liked the the pressure of like him trying to keep his reputation and all that kind of thing. And uh, usually, I, I'm not a big Hillary Swank fan, but I liked her in this. 
Um, <laughs> I yeah. Wasn't... I, I was going to say that office thing, though, but is she hot? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought of the whole time. Like, like, the whole rest of the podcast is just deciding that. I, I just watched that episode <laughs> now, today. Banger. Is she hot? That's still one of my well, least favorite episodes. Take a vote. Is she hot? She's hot. I think it's such a stupid episode. <laughs> I don't know if she's hot. She's hot. <laughs> no, the question is, is she hot? Not would you do her? <laughs> would you do her <laughs> I really liked Insomnia and I, I said this before the show but this is like one of his only movies that's not on IMDB's top 250 which isn't you know by the most revered movie list out there of course yeah but the point is a lot of people kind of know about his other movies apparently not this one as much and I was wondering if it's because it's not that good or if people just don't know about it and having watched it i'm like oh people just don't know about it because this is a good time Mm -hmm. uh it is a remake of a norwegian film so maybe that's why Mm. like maybe that's why it's not as popular because people are kind of weird about american remakes um but i thought this was really good i'd like to see the original just to compare it but yeah there was a lot of there was just a lot more to this movie than just being like a typical you know, police thriller, which, you know, murder mystery, police thriller, I really like that genre in general. Like, those movies are just always very entertaining, if done right. But this also has just, like, a lot more going on, like, with, you know, Al Pacino's past and taking place in Alaska. So, insomnia being in the title is a huge part of the movie, too. And the whole thing that happens with his partner. And then, you know, Robin Williams showing up, who doesn't show up until halfway through and Mm -hmm. it's kind of my I I feel like the original movie is this way too but that was kind of my only real complaint is that he's not in the movie too much and it's it's they use him the right amount but I just wish there was more because I love Robin Williams and I love him doing this rather than comedic Mm -hmm. stuff you know I I like when he gets like this and um, I kind of wish the ending would have stayed dark because they kind of give everything a resolution, and he doesn't really rede- he he redeems himself in a way, even though it's going to tarnish yeah. his career. He redeems himself, and I kind of wish it wouldn't have done that. I wish when Hillary Swank shows up and she starts kind of becoming what Al Pacino's character ended up becoming. You know, she's starting to like go into his exact same footsteps. I was kind of hoping they would stay that route because I'm like, yeah, it's a never-ending cycle, and instead they were like, no, we're we're gonna do the happy ending and uh, kind of the happy ending anyway. And I was like, ah, you should. Mm-hmm. The whole movie was kind of, it was a bit dark, so I'm I wish it would have stayed with the darkness, but yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not just uh, what's the term recency bias, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> that's probably the one I'll probably watch next like out of all of his movies like I'll probably revisit that one next or Dunkirk because I feel like I didn't give Dunkirk a fair enough shot yeah. but um, I don't know did anyone have any other words on insomnia do you suffer from insomnia it's number oh. four on my list. Number six on mine. 
It's number one on mine. There it is. What? <laughs> More than That's the awesome. Prestige? Yeah, have I like it a lot. Have you seen his other movies before? Yeah. Interstellar. <laughs> There's no way this beats the Prestige. Mm-hmm. Does it really? Is Prestige your number two? Well, I hadn't seen this one when I made my top ten. Nope, the Prestige is not my number two. Oof. Prestige well, is number two. <laughs> Insomnia is great. Insomnia is wonderful. I love it, but it is number nine for me. There's there's no gap really with his movies. If there is, it's uh, it's between. It's like Dunkirk is like the gap. <laughs> but Hunter's list. I like all like, this stuff. Complete flip flop of Chloe's list, like <laughs> as far as ordering goes. Um. We could talk about that Batman film, but that's kids stuff. How about we go on to the more mature themed uh, stuff? Um, hey, have we talked about the Dark Knight trilogy before? We haven't. Nope. Because we talked about the recent DC stuff, but we didn't talk about that because that wasn't included with the, I guess, the DC Extended Universe. Mm-hmm. And we talked about those ones, I believe. Yeah, we did. Um, I think it was when Aquaman came out or something. Right, yeah, so we definitely talked about that. Um, but we've never talked about the Dark Knight trilogy, so I guess that would be Batman Begins um, mm-hmm. 2005. And, you know, I want to know, did you see Batman Begins before or after the Dark Knight? I saw... Before. Uh, I think I saw... I saw them in theaters, so yeah, I saw Begins before, for sure. I saw it after. Okay, you guys are... You two are lucky, then. I I wish I would have seen this before The Dark Knight. Um, I I probably spent a good ten years not appreciating Batman Begins as much as I should, because it always felt like the lesser of the two. But rewatching it nowadays, especially with... uh, 15 years since it's come out I think it's aged very well and I, I still mm-hmm. there's there's a lot about that movie that I almost like better than The Dark Knight which is the more well known film but uh, yeah what do you guys think Batman Begins the big return of Batman to the big screen before he returned again and then he's going to return again and again and uh, <laughs> it's never ending <laughs> well uh, given that before this all we had was like Jim Carrey um, it was a weird weird kind of transition where it's like dark gritty like I don't know not cheesy campy or even Tim Burton-y um, but I, I remember enjoying it a lot when it first came out um, I had a lot of action figures and a lot of toys and um I remember, because I used to watch the Batman animated series, um, and I remember thinking, like, wow, they they kind of don't really use all these villains, and then finding out that Scarecrow is going to be in this was pretty cool to me. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, yeah. My mom... Oh, sorry. You want to no, go, Chloe? Um, my mom was the one who, like, got me to watch it, uh, and she, like, kind of liked movies, but she, for somehow, she knew this wasn't, like, 
a campy superhero movie. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to watch this. Do you want to watch it with me? It's got Liam Neeson in it, and I barely knew who he was. Um, and we watched it, and I was, like, scared in some moments and stuff. And, like, the whole beginning of the movie, you have no idea it's a Batman movie. Like, you, it's just, like, if you don't know the comic book part of it, it just looks like some, like, really sweet vigilante guy. Like, you know, like, like I didn't know anything about Batman. I had no idea what the, what the League of Shadows was or, or League of Assassins. I didn't know anything about, like, Ra's al Ghul or, like, I didn't know anything. I knew Bruce Wayne was Batman. But, like, just watching it, I'm like, where is he going? This, this is, like... Just, I don't know. I, I was super into it. Super, super into it. And by the time he finally becomes Batman, I was like, I still never really felt like I was watching a superhero movie. It was like a vigilante. A ri- if a rich guy decided to go out and do that. Like, if I was rich, that's what I would do. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and I still get that way kind of when I watch it. So. Yeah, I I just wish I would have seen this before The Dark Knight because, like I said, there's a lot <laughs> to appreciate with it. And I still really like it. Mm-hmm. It's up there for my Nolan movies. Just a very well-crafted um, superhero movie, but also, you know, it's, it's the hero's journey told very traditionally, classically, but well done. And I really like the opening scenes the most. Um first half of the movie when he becomes Batman I I still like it a lot but I feel like the Batman stuff is done better in the other two movies but like this one it's the introduction to Bruce Wayne and then him becoming Batman I think is super awesome and you know at the time I was so confused uh, when I saw the Dark Knight because I was aware of the Batman movie with Michael Keaton and I thought Batman Begins was a prequel to that movie because it was literally called Batman Begins. I'm almost wondering if they were like doing that on purpose to because you know, you got to think like this was before those movies existed. The only movies that existed were those ones in the 80s and late 90s, and they were probably trying to get the people who saw those movies to come to the theater. So I was wondering if they almost built it like a prequel to the original movie. They even end the movie with him like finding the Joker card and he's like, oh, I'll go, I'll start searching for him. And I'm like, if they never made another Batman movie after that, if this movie would have flopped, everyone would probably call it a prequel to the original Batman movie because just stylistically way different. (laughs) But, um... Yeah. I... I really liked it a lot. I like the other Batman movies. I think the Joel Schumacher ones are... I mean, they're kind of weird, but they're... I don't know. They have their moments. (laughs) Batman and Robin kind of sucks. But uh, Batman Begins definitely set everything up for the future of superhero movies. And um, I love Christian Bale as Batman. And I think a lot of people don't as much but i think he's like my favorite batman still i think he's awesome i mean his voice can get a kind of annoying his voice isn't as bad in the first movie 
it, it progressively gets worse over time. Like the first movie, yeah. it's not even bad. He only does it when he's actually trying to intimidate someone, and I think it mm-hmm. actually works pretty well when he's threatening people. But yeah. the second one, he does it constantly in the mask, but it's not too bad. And then you get to the third one, and it's like he's like <laughs> running on the breath when he's like. <sighs> Those weren't trained assassins. Yeah, what that feels like. I, I just watched it, and every time he talks, he can—he's like tilted up like this, and like out of breath. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I know he's supposed to be older Batman, but Rachel. Rachel. I'll say some of the stuff in Batman Begins, it feels like there's a war going on between Christopher Nolan, who just wants to revitalize the entire superhero genre, and we have Warner Brothers, who since 1997 has been trying to get a fifth Batman movie off the ground, because a lot of stuff kind of carried over. The, the love story between him and Rachel, which I don't think is done as well in this movie as it is in the second one. I think the second one did it great, but this one, I thought it was kind of cheesy and felt mm-hmm. out of place for how they were trying to advance everything else. Um, there was other things, like Scarecrow, I love him in this movie, but they've been trying to make him a villain for the fifth you know, Batman movie since 1997. So a lot of the stuff from their planned sequel to Batman and Robin got carried over into this movie, and I'm kind of questioning how much of it was Christopher Nolan saying to Warner Brothers, sure, I'll do this, and I'll put that in it, and I'll make it cool, but if this movie makes so much money, the next movie, I get full control. Because that's kind of what it feels like. Because... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's really good in this movie, and it's all done well, but a lot of it feels like Warner Brothers wanted this in it, and Warner Brothers wanted that in it. Could you imagine a Joel Schumacher scarecrow? (laughs) Sometimes I wonder if it would have been Joel Schumacher's Batman Begins. Like, just add neon colors to everything. Uh, the Scarecrow would have been... Who would you cast as Scarecrow? <laughs> well, Howard Stern was literally cast as Scarecrow. He was gonna play him. Oh, really? So, like, he was gonna That's do it. And he's kinda got the body to do it. So, like... Yeah, he's lanky. It just would have been this ridiculous... I don't know. I, I keep picturing, like... Who's gonna play rooms. Batman? Ugh, God. <laughs> well, get a new Batman, too? Howard who Stern. was next in... TV because that's why they picked George Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he's gonna go on for <laughs> even though he he's just played for, a whole new character <laughs> as Batman. Uh, <laughs> nah, they they couldn't do Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis. Oh. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Eddie Murphy. I can see them doing Bruce Willis. Uh, and then you know they'd have like a secondary villain also because they had to in like every one of those. Who would be the secondary villain? I mean, like Mad Hatter or something. <laughs> but it'd be like Weird. the Disney version of like Mad Hatter where he's just way too colorful and goofy <laughs> and played by. At the time, it would be like. Who was that guy who did. um, Polly Shore? Or uh, who was that other guy? <laughs> The guy who's uh, <laughs> Leaning Tower of Cheese. <laughs> Tom Green, that was his name. Tom Green, the guy who was like, he was oh, like a thing for trip? a very short while. 
he would have probably been <laughs> in the movie as a villain. I don't know. <laughs> trying to think, like, if they would have <laughs> if they would have kept the Joel Schumacher Batman series alive long enough, they could have done a movie in like the late two thousands with Steve Carell as one of the villains. I, I don't know which one. They could just he could be the Calendar Joker. Man, <laughs> Compliment King. Batman Begins is good. Uh, do you guys have anything yeah. else to say about it? It's good. Uh, and so the ending when he's with Ra's al Ghul on the train, does he straight up kill Ra's al Ghul or not, like in your opinion? Hunter, he answers that question for us. He says, I'm not going to kill you, but I ain't going to save you either. Okay. Does anyone else think that's a bullshit thing to say? I don't know, doesn't he kind of... <laughs> if I was Ra's al Ghul, be like, no, uh-uh, like... <laughs> I don't know, like, because you could. Would that, would that, well, would that hold up in a court of law that he didn't kill him? Oh, you know what? We'll, we'll get to it. But Dark Knight Rises, he straight up killed. Um, yeah. What was her name? Talia Al Ghul or whatever. Um, Talia. Yeah. He straight up killed her. Like that was completely his fault because he was like <laughs> shooting at her and she crashed directly because of him. Like that is his fault. He literally killed her. Um, so I think he already broke his rule there, but with the Ra's al Ghul situation, I don't know. I, because, I don't know, I feel like. I think, <laughs> for someone who stands for justice, letting the people decide and all that, like, he didn't. Like, he didn't, like, I think he could have saved Ra's al Ghul and, like, took him to some kind of Gotham authorities because he's Batman. Oh, yeah, because Ra's al Ghul's going to stay in the Gotham prison. <laughs> Probably not, but, like, I don't know. He went through all that trouble in Dark Knight to bring back the guy from China. And, like, he did all this crazy parachuting plane stuff. But maybe he's just too early in his career, and he's like, nah, I'm not going <laughs> to. I just don't want to go through all the paperwork. I honestly think that they wanted him to be more brutal as like a young Batman, so they probably had him kill him on purpose. I don't know. I don't Maybe. think it was his fault. He he got out of the train and then he was like, Good job, Gordon, at killing Razal Ghoul. He's like, Well, Batman, you could have saved him. It's like, nah uh, you killed him. It's your fault. <laughs> you know, I really like uh Gary Oldman in this movie too, I will add. Yeah. And yeah. He was simultaneously doing this series while also doing the Harry Potter series. And it's it's fun to point that out to people who don't know that Gary Oldman is like a chameleon of film. And, uh, yeah, Gary Oldman and everything. Right. He's so good in this movie, though. I, I In this entire series, he's awesome. He's like... Sometimes I wish he was just, like, the main character. <laughs> If only they could have, like, a series about Jim Gordon. Yeah, but not cast that guy from the OC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I'm kidding. I like him in the OC. I like him in general. <laughs> I've never seen the OC. <laughs> anyway, should we move on? Brett McKenzie. Is that, is that or, his name? Uh, Batman Begins is number four on my list. Um, it is number three on my list. Number seven on mine. 
Number five for mine. So, Chloe, why'd you hate it? <laughs> I didn't hate it. There's just other movies I like more. No, I'm kidding. I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we don't want to do all the Batman movies in a row, right? Are we just going to go in order of his filmography? Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Because the next one would be The Prestige, um, the prequel to Burt Wonderstone. And <laughs> yeah. If you... <laughs> I was thinking that while kind of rereading some of the details of that movie, I was like, this is basically... this. Burt Wonderstone probably stole a lot from this movie. They were like, let's do that, but make it a comedy. Yeah, but it also, it's the first superhero uh, team up. It's uh, Batman v. Wolverine v. Black Widow. So. Yeah. <laughs> the Iron Man's girlfriend <laughs> from Iron Man 3. V. Yeah. David Bowie. <laughs> v. Uh, Alfred. Yeah, Andy Serkis. <laughs> Or are you talking... Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. Why is There's there so many Elfres. Michael Caine's in this. No, I Michael Caine's in like every... No, I'm saying why is there so many Marvel and superhero actors in this? Pre-Marvel and pre-superhero? It's kind of like Scott Pilgrim where like half that cast ended up in Marvel movies after. Yeah. Everybody except Michael Sarah. Yet. Yet. Yeah, he'll be Professor X in the X-Men reboot. I hope so. <laughs> he'll take over that. being uh, Lex Luthor for Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> that stupid poster. I showed you that poster, right? <laughs> Where they're going to pull off one more job before going to college. <laughs> um, okay, uh, the prestige. Discuss the prestige. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> This is one of my top ten favorite movies. Uh, yeah, I love the Prestige, and this was like one of the hardest ones to track down and watch. Um, but man, I I've seen the Prestige maybe the most out of anything else of his movies. Probably the probably second to Dark Knight or Inception, maybe like as how many times I've seen it because of. In pop culture, like, The Dark Knight and Inception are kind of at the top of, like, the pop culture list for Nolan. Um, but Prestige, I don't know. It Every time I watch it, it hits different. It's good. Um, a, because of the incredible lineup of actors. It's like every actor I love is in this movie. Um, but just the setting of it too is super cool and well done like that whole I don't know if it's Victorian or Elizabethan England or whatever it's considered but um, yeah it's so immersive you know it's like it's like watching yeah Sherlock Holmes like it's just really well done you feel like you're right there in it and it's all very realistic um but uh I don't know. I, I like the, like, symmetry and symbolism of, like, you know, magic tricks and the whole plot of the movie being, like, a magic trick, which is really the plot of any movie. But um, this one specifically, there's so many, uh, like, turnaround, like, oh, aha moments in it. Um, it's 
It's really good. Yeah. Over and over again. I love it. Yeah, I, I like it for a lot of the same reasons. And, like, the twist at the end is crazy to me. And, like, that's the prestige the whole time is that. Realizing that when you're done watching the movies, it's, like, a really weird, cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the whole time period, I love that time period. The actors were great. Yeah. Love it. Um, Did anyone else notice, like... So, like, everyone, you know, is, like, has, like, a shtick or they're lying about something, kind of. Um, did anyone else notice that Hugh Jackman, like, he's got this American accent the whole movie, but then when he's the Lord, he's got a, like, a English accent? Yeah, like, kind of. Were you, were you guys, like, aware of, like, his whole backstory? It took me, like, three or four watches before I realized Hugh, who Hugh Jackman was. I, no, I didn't. Re- I guess I didn't really pick, like like I I caught that and I thought that was weird, but I never really like thought about it. So like the first time I watched it, I thought like oh like he's hiding, he's pretending to be this lord, but actually he has he's been the lord the whole time, but he pretended to be a poor American magician. Oh, to oh. learn the craft. He talks about why he, like his family doesn't believe him. And his family, like, doesn't want, like, like won't support me. And it's because he's, like, this rich lord that's pursuing magic, you know? <laughs> and so part of his, like, his, uh, I, I forget the terms of magic that they call it. The, not the reveal or whatever, but the, the turn or whatever. Is, like, he is pretending to be this poor American magician. Uh, but then he, like, just comes out as his actual rich English lord self at the very end. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It was cool. Justin, what did you think of it? Uh, I didn't catch any of that from the time I saw it a couple years ago. <laughs> um, oh, yeah? No, I, I, uh, I liked it because it was different from other movies that he had made because it was like a period piece and it has yeah. Hugh Jackman and it's about magic and I don't know I yeah I really dug it I really I gotta watch it again it has been like too long but I do remember when they kind of brought in the whole Nikola Tesla part of it and how that plays into the ending and I uh I think at the time though I was kind of mad when I was like younger because I've seen this, I think, I, I've seen this twice, but I saw the first time, like, right after The Dark Knight, and I thought the ending, for some reason, as a kid, I was like, well, that's dumb, it's not even magic, because that's just, like, science, or that's just <laughs> using, and I'm like, that doesn't count, yeah. and I was, like, annoyed, <laughs> and I was, like, then I rewatched it, and I was like, I, I think it's super cool and really creepy, and really, like, kind of kind of creepy ending almost but uh mm. i at the time i was like well that's a cop out but <laughs> no i i really dig it now and i definitely got to give it another watch i forgot yeah this was like on your top 10 so this is like your favorite no yeah. movie and it's one of them yeah a lot of people really i've had some friends mention it more than once to me um 
have my friend Rav, who always has the, he's like, the prestige, you know, that is the ending. The movie is literally the prestige. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's like every movie, though. Isn't <laughs> it's like, doesn't every movie yeah. have a surprising ending? Isn't every movie the prestige then? It's a good time. It's number two, my number one. My number three. It is my number six. Thanks for listening to the episode. It's so great to be back. And just let us know what your favorite Christopher Nolan film is. Give the podcast a like and comment. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cinema Swamp. We'll see you next time for part two. And remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp. <laughs>